but all right we good all right we're good all right everybody we're in there this is the new and improved jdo show where i put absolutely zero effort into the podcast um i'm just gonna record and then take kelby's file and put it into my audacity file and then post it uh probably within hopefully within 15 minutes of actually doing this recording i feel like podcasts have too much gloss man too much bullshit where you know once you record something and you start thinking about what you said then you start you know going back and being like oh man maybe i don't know so this is going to be highly low effort i want to get uh i was talking to seidlinger the other day we were playing uh virtual fighter and i actually want to get him on and talk to him while we're both playing virtual fighter um oh, hell yeah yeah just like and get like certain people like friends of mine uh and tell them like you know if you got to do the dishes right now or you gotta uh we'll probably not mow the lawn although that would be <laughs> that would be funny to like talk to keaton while he's mowing his lawn <laughs> like, yeah, yeah this damn kid is in my way yeah you just run that shit over but yeah so this is the low effort jdo show and uh who else would i think to bring on but one of my best pals, Mr. Kelby Losak. How you doing today, buddy? You Pretty doing good. Juggaloli, juggaloli. Juggaloli as a as a juggaloler. How's your life going? Uh. uh okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good answer. He's <laughs> like, uh, I love it when you're like, you're like, hey man, how's how are things? And somebody's like. Bro, uh, good man. It's good. <laughs> He's like, yeah. but you took a breath first. <laughs> yeah, it's like shit's great, man. It's like yeah. you live in the same world. Are uh, you sure? Yeah. Uh. yeah. Well, what's what's been? I've been seeing. Uh, I've been seeing your baby boy has been learning how to drill shit. Uh, so, is is that like is that up to OSHA standards? Uh, yeah. No, we we don't really comply with OSHA shit. Okay. You get to skirt around with that being being a low manned operation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't even pay his ass. You know. That's good. He doesn't deserve it. Not yet, at least. He's a great no, kid. No, He's a great kid, but I mean, come on. I mean, I've seen him throw tantrums. I feel the same way about Gus right now. It's like, bro, you don't, you do not deserve a paycheck right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're getting no money, bro. <laughs> Acting like that. <laughs> You think he's getting any bread acting like that? Man, I literally, I just don't even feed him, dude. If he's acting up, I just put the bottle in, in the fridge and I say, not until you stop crying. And it works every time because he knows who the yeah. boss is. You know what I mean? He knows who the... Uh-huh. And that's how we're stopping socialism. That's <laughs> <laughs> By becoming just like a hyper-capitalist towards babies. Yeah, yeah. If you cry, you're not getting money, bro. Mm-mm. Well, that would, I mean, maybe that's the problem with most people on Twitter right now, is that they cry too much. I mean, for babies, of course, you know, you got to feel, bro, today he put down uh, like five four-ounce bottles over the course of like six or seven hours. It was just one after the other. Like, he would finish one and like pass out for 30 minutes and then he'd wake up and ah, I'd come back in with another bottle and he would knock that shit down. He didn't puke any of it up. He wasn't like shitting it out immediately. I mean, eventually he shit it out. But I was just like, God damn. 
like, bro, you weigh like 11 pounds, and I think you just, I think you just drank 20 ounces. I mean, that's got to be a significant portion of your body weight at this point. Yeah, it, babies all have like that little beer gut too. Like, it's so fucking cute, bro. It's <laughs> it's just every time I see it, I'm just like, you look like a little Buddha, you little chunky fat boy. I love it. <laughs> it's great. Dude, being a dad kind of rules. It uh, it it sucks, but it's uh, it's yeah. cool too. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of both. I've I've had both where um, it was funny because uh, there's one time I got like so mad because uh, this was like early on when I was kind of by myself because you know I like I take care of him uh, most of the day while Rios is at work because she's the breadwinner and uh, I'm like the stay-at-home bitch. And uh, I just couldn't feel like I couldn't figure it out. Now I know it's like I, my thought process was that there's no way this kid is hungry again. Uh, but he was like crying. I was like, I don't know. What the, I don't know what's I don't know. What's, and I like went outside. I was like, oh. and like I had the I had my broom and I just like smacked it against a tree, you know, and it like bent. And then Rios came on. She's like, what happened to the broom? I was like, oh, I stepped on it. Cause I bent I didn't want yeah, to know that yeah, I lost, I lost my cool. I totally lost my cool. But I, I make it a rule not to, obviously not to lose my cool around the kid. I just, you know, besides starving him, I don't I do not do anything fucked up, you know? Yeah, just like lock him in his room for a little while. And mm-hmm. Or the closet. Just, yeah, or the closet. The closet's good, you know? There's like a little crawl space beneath my air conditioning unit too. That's pretty good. It's got spiders and stuff. Just kind of. Yeah, we got we got the same thing. Yeah, so I mean that—that's like baby-sized, you know. You can just, uh-huh. slide, you can just. I think that's what in. they're made for. <laughs> and I mean, they get air conditioning while they're in there, so. That's true, man. I used to see these pictures online. I don't know if they're real or Photoshop or what, but it would be of a, uh, like New York City, these big skyscrapers, right? Uh, like residential buildings where people lived, and people would just bolt cages outside their windows. And like put the kid in the cage and close the window. <laughs> I was like, that is <laughs> that's ingenuity. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> people people will invent things when it comes to a baby screaming in their face. Those oh yeah, you'll figure out ways to trap that little motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, if you're still listening to this, uh, we're gonna talk about Takashi Miike today and. Maybe into the future. Really depends on how we feel about this, how this goes. Um, I just kind of... Like, he's probably my favorite filmmaker. And I know he's up there for you too, right, Kelby? Yeah, yeah. If there is an idol, like, that's that's one of mine. And not in, like, the real... You know, not in the celebrity way. I think it gets easier because um, he's... I, I don't speak the same language as the dude. Yeah. So, like, yeah. he he's translated in interviews and stuff and I've read some of them but like I get you know there's that separation that you get to maintain mm-hmm. of like this dude's just an artist I admire which I think I mean he seems like a cool person anyways probably would uh, be a chill dude but uh yeah maybe the only artist I like idolize really mm-hmm. cause uh in, in his not just work ethic but like approach I, I actually watched uh, First Love this week I had never seen one. it before it's a good one yeah it was a good one 
and uh, it was one of those that made me think because it's not like one of his like masterpieces like he has a few like masterpieces but it's not exactly the type of director he is you know mm-hmm. it's not like a uh, uh he's not spending years on magnum opuses and shit he's like dropping you know jojo's bizarre adventure you know live action like anime retellings after like uh fucked up horror musicals and then like yakuza movie after yakuza movie and uh he's he's done what like 102 movies now yeah i think it's at 102 i know that blade of the immortal was 100 and then did he do did he do other ones after that was uh, first, first love? love first new. love is after that. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. So first love actually remind. It did feel like kind of a return to form, sort of like his kind of lesser gangster movies. Like um, it reminded me. Did you ever see the Yakuza Like a Dragon movie that he made? Where I it was didn't just see that one, no. okay. It's just like this basic gangster movie, but there's like one scene where the main character gets uh, like an energy ball around his hand and starts punching people, which is, I guess, like the video game. I never played it. But, um, yeah, so I agree with everything that you said there. Uh, Miike is one of my heroes, too. And if I, you know, over the next few years, if I can kind of get my shit together, his sort of output is the kind of thing that I want to do. I've always had trouble putting... Uh, Mike, uh in an analogous fashion to, to writing because writing is so different you know like you're you're making something from the ground up and you know you have to have kind of a plot and um, you know it just kind of takes longer and one of the things that Mike is blessed to be able to do is that he can pick a script get a crew together and then he's just kind of like points you know he's like go there do this this is how we're going to do it this is how we're going to do it not to diminish his role because every pretty much every Miike movie that I've ever seen feels like a Miike movie and maybe we talk about that a little bit later like what what makes those movies feel like Miike but um uh-huh. but yeah no he uh he basically started directing uh it was called V Cinema um back in the I think early 90s is when he started and this is all from memory so if I fuck this up I don't really I don't really give a shit but um Basically, he was working in a like a lowly position on one of these shoots or something. I think he was like a director of photography. And I guess I don't want to generalize about Japan, um, but it does seem safe to say that in Japan, you sort of pick one career and then you kind of stick with that, right? And two of my favorite artists, uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, who did the Dark Souls games, and Takashi Miike, uh, both seem to follow the same thing where they actually just kind of fell into their positions. So V Cinema is uh, largely controlled by the Yakuza. Um, it's just kind of like B-movies, right? And I guess whoever was directing his first movie, which is called The Third Gangster, uh, was fucking up. And he wasn't on the project anymore. He probably just got fired, but since it's Yakuza, I like to think that he got like a pinky cut off or some shit. <laughs> and literally, they were just looking around. They needed somebody to kind of like fill in for him, and they asked Miike, can you do it? And so it was this very workmanlike approach to movies. Like, this guy had never directed a movie before. He was just presented with an opportunity, 
and they were like, all right, you're next in line, you know? Like, they chopped off one guy's head, and they're like, okay, now you. <laughs> he's like, oh, <laughs> fuck! Um, but he did it, and uh, that one, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't, like, a huge hit, but then he did, you know, Shinjuku Triad Society, uh, and then a little bit, I forget how much later, but there was, like, the late 90s was, like, his, his big time, because he did, like, Rainy Dog, but then he did Audition, then there was uh, Itchy the Killer, um, I think he made the Dead or Alive movies like back to back. It was like ninety nine, two thousand, and then two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's pretty close. Yeah, and at that point he was just like ripping, and I think it was it, it had a lot to do with the fact that these V Cinema movies, like the, the people who financed it, uh, they didn't care what you did as long as it sold. You know what I mean? They they were like whatever. Yeah, g- great. That's probably where, like, that childlike nature comes from, mm, too. Like, mm-hmm. his approach, like, childlike is one of the, like, main thing. Like, that'd be the top describe descriptor of, like, his, his flair. Because it's just this innocent, pure, like, everything's unfiltered. Like, you, it, it's just, if someone's going to have a glowing fist, like, punch someone in a movie that otherwise doesn't even have that shit in it that's what's about to happen uh first love there's like that scene where um they're gonna drive the car like over all the police waiting outside like through the the parking garage it's like at the end yeah yeah it turns into a cartoon right like that's right i forgot about that yeah. That didn't happen, like, anywhere else in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you see this kind of stuff sort of pop up through through all of his movies. Oh, you know what? Um, hmm. How do we... Oh, actually, let's just keep going with this thread of the conversation, because I like this. So I've been thinking a lot about... And by the way, uh, as I said before, like, if you want to come back, Kelby, we can make... this. I'm going to call this Agitator. Uh, and if you want to keep coming back and talking about Miike shit, uh, we don't have to do this all in like this hour you know um hell yeah hell yeah because there's so much to talk about there's a lot of well there's a lot of movies i mean we could do a whole podcast where we just go through his fucking whatever movies we could find in america you know um uh what were we talking oh yeah um his kind of childlike thing so i've been thinking about this this like beginner's mind type shit when it comes to writing i tweeted something the other day that was like people can be really bad at prose and telling stories and shit but i still like reading their books and it's just kind of like vibes and i wonder if that's not kind of where those vibes come from yeah yeah i think so because um it's everything i I was thinking a lot even through which is i'm glad like first love was really great just because uh it made it was one of those that like it's definitely not up there for me like with his uh, the rest of his shit that I've seen but it just made me think so much about what makes him great yeah. and it, it is that like it can't be replicated there's no rules right. it's not like yeah. if you do it like this it's like nah man it's like this shit has to come natural yeah. like you just gotta it, it's it's unfiltered it goes wherever it wants to but it's like completely genuine like through and through genuine is another thing too right like genuine is a big one i think um because so basically i just 
I got to thinking about writing and all these classes that people take and the idea that, you know, a book is supposed to look a certain way. And what just blows my mind with our society right now is, you know how people have kind of turned themselves into cops, right? And, you know, Mm. they tell on people and they, you know, they act like assholes on the on the internet and stuff and you know because everything has to be proper you know um if you make a joke about like a politician dying even though that politician is like responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths like you know when george bush dies people are gonna make jokes and then other people like like left-leaning people are gonna be like that's in poor taste you know shouldn't joke Bro, about it. I remember when Saddam Hussein died and people yeah. were like, that's not funny. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely funny. Um, <laughs> and so, like, this this focus on decorum, the way that people have psyoped themselves into thinking that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, it just matters how closely you follow the rules. Um it blows my fucking mind because I feel like I grew up in a time where that was the absolute opposite of what you wanted to do. You know, artists that I like, whether it was a complete facade or not, were just all about like, you know, fuck the system and, you know, and we're gonna act like assholes and make art that's weird collages of things that we like and, and, you know, then there's no rules for how a song is supposed to look or a movie is supposed to look or any of this. And now it's like, if I were to go and like want to make a movie, which I have before, and I like start talking to people, the only thing I get is this like negative talk about like, well, the first thing that you need is a craft service table. And then you need to get, you know, licensed with the screen actor, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what happened like we have all this technology right now with move like to to make movies actually look good. Like you and me could pick up a camera, and if we hired somebody who knew how to run sound, we like make a fucking movie. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and literally anybody could do that. The only thing you need to make a movie good is the sound. That's it. If your sound's fucked up, your movie's fucked up. Otherwise, it's good. And then with books, it's like there's all this technology. You could just have a book out, like tomorrow. Like, you know, like you did with, um, you know, hurricane season, you, you didn't write in one day, but you know, you wrote it, showed it to us and then boom, it's like out and it's a hundred pages. How many, how many thousand words is that book? Uh, like 7,000. And let me ask you this. Is that a novel? Yeah. Of course it is. Right. Because there's no fucking rules. You do whatever uh, the fuck you want. Like... And, and as, as the te- so here's the thing, people want to be enslaved, man. They want to they want those barriers to entry, right? Because once the technology democratized and it turned out anybody, now anybody can make a fucking movie, literally anybody. You can go steal a camera from Best Buy and make a fucking make a fucking movie. And then, I don't know, do some ADR or some shit. Anybody can write shit into a computer. You can write it on a notepad, go to your local library, type it into a word processor, send it off to fucking Amazon, and boom, you wrote a book. So there are no oh, rules easily. anymore. There are no rules anymore, and everybody just start now they just start making rules, right? Like, oh, actually, you should get an agent, and you should... I don't know. Sorry, I rambled. But you see what I'm saying? 
No, totally. And it's like the same whenever people are like, how do you find the time? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Are you an artist or not? Like, yeah. you want to create shit or not? Find the time. You don't find the time. It's just what you do. Yeah. Like, that's Yeah, that's it, man. Like, it's the shit I do all the time. I made it my mission to finally, like, when I crawled out of that creative funk that I suffered for, like, three years of, like... I just decided I'm a I'm an artist like this is what I do every day I'm gonna do something I'm gonna make something I uh, I shot my first music video which happened exactly organically the way you were just talking about like I had a camera I was doing a photo shoot for a homie and he was like uh, you want to shoot a music video I was mm-hmm. like sure I mean you had another yeah. you had another important thing. Which is uh, uh, guns. You had a, you had a assault weapons. Yeah, yeah, and we had you know several guns lying around and uh, yeah, so you know everything was right there, you know. Yeah, and that's really all it takes. I I brought that up in a conversation I was having with Jordan earlier today. I was because I was talking about this exact same thing, and Jordan's like in TV, and so he's a good person to kind of talk to, to sober my opinion, right? Because he just knows how all that shit works, and. Uh, uh, he's the one who told me about the sound thing, right? But uh, but I was telling him I was like, bro, look at like a Chief Keep music video. Look at look at any go to World Star, and there's hundreds of rap music videos. That's all like twelve black dudes with dreadlocks, just pointing guns at a camera, and they do that for for two minutes. You just that's a music video, right? Uh-huh. And that's uh-huh. the fuck. But that's the fucking spirit, right? So what's a movie, right? A movie a movie can be twenty minutes. It really can, you know? Um, so anyway, I don't know. That's a big... Re- but Miike, the way to relate that back to Miike is, like, that's how I feel Miike has kind of treated his whole career. Yeah, yeah, just point and shoot. Like, let's just do it. Yeah. He's also meticulous. He said that he's a workaholic and that he, uh, you know, his and you can tell because his movies also, they're not sloppy. You know what I mean? Like... They are tightly constructed, and something like Itchy the Killer, which I still think is probably his most visually stunning movie, uh, is, like, really well composed, right? So he's not just, like, just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. I think that's maybe where the people who might actually care about their craft, because there are, I do get, like, uh, you know, I, I do get pushback from people who I admire as artists too like you know and they I, th- I think when it's coming from that camp it might be more along the lines of like uh, thinking that we're just throwing craft you know out the window and that you know nobody gives a shit like just make make a bunch of bullshit and like mm. that's that's not the case whatsoever um, but I think it's easier for you and I to just like just be like, yeah, fuck it, go with it with this shit, because we're, uh, we possess something called natural talent. That's a fact. And that is a fact. And people might not like that, but it's true. It, there's people out there who just have the vibes. Like, it, there are people who, you know, have been bouncing basketballs since they were toddlers, and God damn it, they just know how to play basketball, and it doesn't matter. I sincerely believe this. It's completely unprovable. But I sincerely believe that if I went back in time to when I was a baby and my mother put a basketball in my hands, I think today I still wouldn't know how to play basketball. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You're, it, like, there's shit you're born with or you're not. Like, 
you can uh you know anybody can tell a story but uh any anybody can learn the fundamentals of writing can like study craft and stuff like that but like i've seen it in woodworking too like you you have the touch or you don't mm. like there's I, I thought that i had enough knowledge like in that arena to like teach people but like i've i've had temporary help with shit before that's just like they don't they don't catch on i'm like yeah. bro what like what the fuck yeah yeah no that yeah and see so basically if you if you've studied the blade or if you're a natural with the blade that's what i mean then you can go and play like i'm kind of both i'm kind of a natural and i've also spent you know half my life reading craft uh books and editing right i mean that's what i do for a living is is edit edit books um so like i i understand how stories work inside and out and then so once you once you kind of get all that down right once you sort of know what you're doing then you you know you take this advice right and just kind of do whatever the fuck you want with it because man honestly like i if i do something that sucks i'm ocd enough to like not be able to put it out right so pretty much anything no matter how experimental i get i i can i can promise whoever reads my books that like that i think it's cool at least because i wouldn't be able yeah, to do it otherwise yeah totally like you have a couple of uh things buried in your you know email archive somewhere where that i've sent that were really not uh shouldn't you know just should never see the light of day yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, no, um, I I think people should, like, I really feel like this is the kind of shit that would make a lot of people mad, because there's so many fucking hack writers out there that, yeah, yeah. you know, are, are trying so hard and whatever, but, like, why would you do something you weren't born to do? Why would you do something that you weren't born to do, and why do people lie to people all the time about this, right? Like... The, I started noticing this 10 years ago when I... Hold on, I gotta take my pants off. My AC is broken right now. The guy's not coming until tomorrow. And it's fucking 900 degrees in this bitch. Um, so something that I uh, noticed like 10 years ago was how many people just like bald-faced lied to people about the quality of their work. And as you know, Kelby, I, I piss people off all the time. And I, I have pissed people off since I started this thing. Uh, my wife, Rios, will often just be like, I don't know how you do it, but like you open your mouth and somebody wants to correct you and just like put, like put you back. Jeremy Johnson has said it too. He's like, man, I don't even know how. He's like, I feel like some of like a lot of most of the shit you say is pretty innocuous. And I'm like, me too. Me too. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't it's realize like, I said anything bad, you know? Like, when, when 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 they come for me every six months or so, I'm just like, what the, f- what the fuck did I do? I'm like McNulty, you know? I'm just like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you walk into the room and everybody gives that glare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so anyway, uh, yeah, like, back in the day, I, I, you, I put forward the idea that... Uh, maybe to have a good writing community, 
with a capital C, which is what everybody likes to pretend the writing world is, even though it's not. It's just it's really just a bunch of snakes trying to get themselves something, right? Um, yeah, I like like five writers. Yeah, me too. Um, and you and me are two of them. Literally two of them, then Lucas, and then we each have two yeah. other ones that we fuck with, and then that's, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Um, and they're not the same people. No, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so I said, if we want to have a robust community, like we should actually have like real criticism of work. And I include myself in that, you know, like I would encourage people like, you know, if, if they read by the time, for example, and they had an issue with it, like, you know, in your Goodreads review, bring that shit up. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be shy. I'm not going to hate you for whatever. I might think you're right. I might think you're wrong, but I mean, I'll never like dislike somebody for doing an honest review you know what i mean well, i actually i actually received this and it was so refreshing especially because you know like hurricane season is limited to 200 copies and mm-hmm. you know it's hand numbered hand signed and it's like 20 bucks for a copy so it's like if you want it you really want it and so i was wondering with all the five star reviews piling up on goodreads i was like man is anybody gonna have the like guts to if they don't really like it that much are they gonna say it Mm -hmm. and uh uh jeremy maddox actually put out a three-star review of it Mm -hmm. like he didn't think it was up to par with my other work and um you know that's not what i think about it personally but i was like fucking thank you man like yeah you know because that that's the kind of shit that we we do need to see Mm -hmm. and it's not really I don't know. I, I don't know if, like, the narcissistic side of a lot of writers thinks that everything has to be for them. Like, we need the, you know, any constructive criticism or whatever. It's like, no, I don't... You just need more um, honesty, more breathing room for things to exist, like, uh, genuinely, like, how they really are. Like, if if you didn't dig something as much or thought this about it then say it yeah you, yeah, you know the, you could use it like i i could take something from it i guess it could be like oh i don't know the next thing i write that's a lot more you know that's still going in this sort of vein then i'll have that thought in my head like well jeremy might not like this one <laughs> but uh, right 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 yeah exactly and it's just like you know tell me when you've seen a writer actually be like i don't like this book and the person who wrote it is an indie author you just you won't see it you won't see it you know and i just appreciated that yeah yeah yeah. there there are other authors who like make their whole thing on social media about everything that they fucking you know just love and whatever man i mean i'm hating but it fucking works you know like for some people at least but i've always bristled at that right at, at people who who are clearly not actually speaking their mind and are manipulating their opinion of art to you know sort of bolster their own reputations right because I think art is a sacred thing right and I think that the critical process is a sacred thing too I think how you interface with something you know you have good acid trips and you have bad acid trips and uh both of them are important right 
So it's important to not like things and to be able to articulate why you didn't like things, you know? And it's important to be able to do that with every piece of art that you interface with, not just the ones that are big enough to be safe where you know nobody's going to give you blowback for saying you didn't like something. Mm, mm-hmm. Here's where you can't hold it too precious. Like, no. you create something and now it exists out on its own and it's part of the conversation. And the thing with, like, the lack of criticism or lack of diversity in criticism is that that conversation's going to die or yeah. just be one-sided. Like, it's just going to fizz out into white noise if there's not multiple perspectives coming to the table, you know? Yeah, so I'm trying to kill a fly while you're talking, but I am listening. <laughs> and that's, that's why I appreciate, like, it's not... Uh, it's not a masochistic thing, like, yeah, give me those one-star reviews, and it's yeah. not like a, it's not like fiending for a criticism, because honestly, if I like what I'm doing, that's it. Like, I don't really care about criticism as a, from a craft perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll work on my craft on my own. I don't give a shit about other people's advice. But, um, just to have it out there like I want something I made to have a lot of different uh, opinions to have multiple discussions around it not just like everybody agreeing that oh this is great like and it's cool. supposed it's supposed to be the people who are really into the book scene who are supposed to be able to give good criticism about stuff right because dumbasses on Twitter are going to be able to be like I didn't like it because there was gore or I didn't like it because there was too many F words. Like, we need to take back the negativity and use our words, you know, the way that we're supposed to be good at to, to actually have real book criticism, right? And actually, this gives me an idea for where we can go in the second half of this first episode of Agitator. Uh, what is your least favorite Miike film? Let's start this shit out negative, dude. Uh, least favorite Mike film is maybe Dead or Alive Final. Yeah, why? Um, let's see. It is. I don't dislike like I don't dislike this one. It's just uh it just didn't do it for me whenever like when Dead or Alive and Dead or Alive 2 are like five star for me, both of them. Uh especially like Dead or Alive 2, I think should be like talked about way fucking more. Right. But then the um the third one and they don't follow like they don't really follow each other uh narrative wise. It's just like the same two dudes and playing different characters in each movie and each movie has a batshit premises involving like uh the yakuza and the uh uh is it the triad what's that other japanese yeah, thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Triad. Mm. so dead or alive final has like awesome batshit concepts it has a uh a sort of voltron merging uh scene at the end that's like it's all like dragon ball z voltron-esque like craziness and uh it's got this wild premise that's like uh everyone's i'm trying to remember the movie really like so the government is like making everyone gay or something like that 
You've seen it, right? I think that is what it is. It's been a long time since I've seen that one, but... Like, it's fucking weird, but, um... I don't know. It, it, It was a... It was a... I think it was a vibe thing. It just didn't yeah. have the the same volume of that like energy as the first two. Even though it had like the aesthetics and it had like the shit on paper, it uh it didn't have that same vibrancy to it. Mm. And I uh, don't know anything behind the scenes about it, so I don't know if that's coming from maybe a, you know Mike's heart wasn't in it as much or. You know, I could even be wrong about that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just didn't vibe with that one as much, uh, which is not a super critical answer, but like it, it just doesn't carry the same energy. It just Mm. has the, it has everything on paper. It's like, it sort of feels like somebody watched Mike's films and then took over. It kind of feels like a different uh, director did it. But man, trying to I wonder copy if that's the style. truth, though. I wonder if that is true. I wonder if he was just like, bro, I gotta sit this one out. I'm, I'm, here's what I want to do. Like, take over. It wouldn't surprise me, you know? I, I, I feel like directors might do that more often than we think. They're just like, you know what? Nah, I'm not doing this one. Turn it over to the first oh, yeah. AD, you know? Well, your name appears as director because that's in the contract. There's definitely days, depending on, like, the scope of the project and how much goes into it, there's definitely times where, you know, Homeboy's just up in a trailer posted while they're like, yeah, they're shooting that bullshit rain kiss scene or whatever, you know, it's, yeah, um, I need right. to take a nap. Right. Yeah, man, for me, it's probably either, like, one missed call, which is just kind of like a ring knockoff. It's just not, mm, mm-hmm. it's just not that great. You know, people, like... It's like, I got a call, and then it's, you know, it's me screaming, and then they die, you know? Um, yeah. It, it was just yeah. kind of like, you know, I don't really remember it that well. Uh, and I don't remember the other one I didn't like, which is the Great Yokai War. But that was just like a kid's movie. And I'm like one of those people who, it's kind of weird, you know, my dad really loved watching cartoons while I was growing up, and it made me not like cartoons when I was a kid, um, <laughs> just cause I would be like, why is this grown ass man watching cartoons? You know, like I, I wanted to watch cartoons and now I don't. Uh, so I'm like one of those weirdos who like actually really doesn't, you know how, like, I mean, I've seen kids movies, like up is pretty good. Um, you know, like they're not, I'm not like against all of them, but I don't know. It's just like, if it's a kid's movie, I can't really get into it. You know, like bright colors and all that kind of shit. I'm, I'm just like, it, I'm, I'm going to have to here soon in the future, because uh, the young man is not going to be watching Takashi Miike movies with me. But not, uh, not till he's like seven. Not till he's like seven. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll just like skip past all the rape and just you know just let him see all the gore, which is <laughs> how we do things in this country. You know, yeah. violent violent sexuality is bad, but chopping people in half is good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Great Yokai War, I mean, there's, it's actually, it could be a good movie. I just, like, I'm just like, eh, it's for kids, you know? Um, so, yeah. What about, the, what about your favorite? Uh, favorite is, uh, just in pure and arguable excellence, like, Issues a Killer, 
Yeah. But uh, if I go for a more personal answer, probably Dead or Alive 2. Mm. What about Dead or Alive 2? Dead or Alive 2 just has that, like, um... Uh... Oh, shit. You're gonna hear a lot of this, folks. You're gonna hear a lot of kids on the... Yeah, check on it. See what's up. Uh Uh-oh. No. Yeah. Put him in the crawl space, dude. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Time to go. (laughs) Time to go in the air vent. Yeah. Uh, Dead or alive too Yeah So It just has a very um, uh, It's probably the opposite Of like why I didn't really fuck with The third dead or alive as much Mm. Like dead or alive too has that Like That purity that like genuineness Cranked all the way up It's like Um a very wild like but also very sincere like uh telling of a back and forth like coming of age story of like two friends who like end up later at in uh opposing gangs Mm -hmm. during the middle of a gang war and um i'm pretty sure it starts off they get assigned to kill each other or one of them gets assigned to kill the other uh and uh they link up and then it's constant like flashes backs and forth of them growing up together and then them you know being like hitmen going against their bosses yeah and uh it it has everything i love about Mike the fucking like batshit stuff that happens out of nowhere um and then it has that like unbridled balls to the wall energy uh with it you know at the same time like being strategically like composed and shit and uh and just yeah it just has that it's that vibe it's like the reason Mm -hmm. that i i couldn't quite put my finger on why dead or alive final didn't vibe with me like i really vibed heavily with dead or alive too i just took my shirt off because it's hot in here and i'm fucking disgusting i've got to start working out again Hell yeah, bro! You gotta go. Uh, what happened? What happened to that uh, white trash front yard gym? I haven't been using it. I've been a lazy little bitch. Um, Cause it's just like, man, it's all excuses. I'm not even gonna make them. I'm not even gonna make them. I haven't worked out, and it's my fault. And I need to work out. That's it. That's it. I'm not gonna equivocate. I'm not gonna make excuses. I just need to work out. Yeah, man, the best one for me is probably... I agree with you, man, with uh, Itchy the Killer. Um, You know, it's just pretty much a perfect fucked up movie, and I think it encapsulates his vibe the most out of anything that he's ever done. Um, But if I'm going personal, for me, it would be Gozu. Um, And I just remember the first time I saw Gozu. I think I had seen uh, Mulholland Drive and a few other weird movies, but Gozu was like silent hill in a way although you know kind of like miike's version where uh you know it's a yakuza who essentially has to take his boss out to pasture because the guy is uh has completely lost his mind the opening scene he 
swings a poodle around on its leash and smashes it into a window because he thinks that it's a, like a government spy. Uh, <laughs> so he's going senile or whatever, and the main character is tasked with you know taking him to the small town and putting him down. And when he, but when his car breaks down, uh, he goes out to check, and of course the old guy disappears, and then all of a sudden there's this big body of water. Uh, blocking his path from going back he has to keep going to the small town and he finds his boss uh, in the body of like a young woman who he starts to fall in love with so there's all this like kind of gay shit going on with it like him struggling with his kind of you know homosexual feelings towards his boss and it's got like a boy with a cow's head and a dude who jacks off into soup and uh, like the woman giving birth to a full-grown man towards the end it just had all this complete what the fuckery uh but it does feel like it has like a real soul to it you know um so i'd probably say go zoo so before we go um do you have that quote on hand that you put up the other day on Instagram? Oh yeah, let me uh, pull that shit up because this this fine. this whole interview, this whole interview with, him with him is really is good. Really and good. one and goal one that I did have for this conversation, conversation was for people to kind of like, kind of like really, understand really understand why we fuck why with uh, Miike so much as a as kind of a a spirit guide through the art world, right? So we I think we've kind of established that he's a workhorse he's a craftsman uh but he's somebody who's kind of not precious about anything um he's somebody who will do things just because he thinks that they're fun but i I feel like this quote that you posted says a lot about about the man yeah so here 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 it is uh a sculptor is going to take a piece of stone and they're not going to say this is what i want to make they just start sculpting it, and the stone turns into what it wants to be. To mm. me, that's filmmaking. Boom. Right there. And that, I think, that, I is think a great, great piece of advice for writers everywhere. Um, I get tripped up every single time I know where something's going. That's why the thing that I've been writing the most is this online God's Fair No Better thing, because I really only gave myself one rule and that was that I was not allowed to think about it until I sit down to write it you know like I'm just literally not I don't know where it's going I don't know where it's going to end I can switch characters whenever I want Uh, I just have to like kind of sort of try in the way we were talking about at the beginning of the episode right like I'm not allowed to just you know have a whole section that's somebody drinking coffee and thinking about politics or something just just because just because it's so fucking crazy like it has to kind of have a like a direction to it but otherwise i'm uh i'm just not allowed to have preconceived notions about it because it'll become what it becomes you know oh yeah yeah and i'm i'm digging the first like well you put up three on the sub stack so far three chapters Mm -hmm. uh i've read a lot of shit like that I don't think anybody else has seen mm-hmm. of you like working in this world and like mm-hmm. sort of similar worlds before and uh yeah that that's always I think your most fun shit is just like mm-hmm. when you just throw it out there you know you have like fucking 
slave boys and Jinko jeans uh, mm. and like dude with Terminator arms. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's bizarre, baby. It, it, it could exist in like Juggalo, Oklahoma. And, yep. it, and it's, you know, yeah, I dig it. Thanks, man. Yeah, it doesn't really, again, doesn't have to be anything. And I mean, I feel like we try to do that with like every book now, you know. Um, I very specifically write the Black Gum books in one fucking go. I have to block. That's why I'm not done with uh, Wolf Like Me, because I have to block off somehow a week to like just get it out without thinking about it too much. I have like vague ideas of what I want, of like where I want the characters to go in like the first scene, but I refuse to go beyond that, you know? I don't know, just loses the fun, you know? As soon as you're not having fun, as soon as you start writing a scene because you have to, the the, the reader can feel it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that's, yeah, I share that same method with uh, pretty much every project. It's just like, I'll have, I'll think of some dialogue that'll go, and I'll be like, oh, I should make a note of that, or, like, an idea for a certain character, or, like, whatever, but the shit doesn't really get written until it's ready to just all spill out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think that'll do it for the first one. You want to, um, for the next one, do you want to actually focus on one of the movies? It doesn't have to be in order or anything like that. It could just be whatever. But uh, I'll, wa- yeah. I'll watch, I'll let you pick, and then we'll watch it. We should watch Visitor Q. All right. Start off with the most fucked up Miike movie. I haven't seen that movie, dude, in, man, 10 years, I think? Something like that? I just I remember the guy fucking the corpse. I remember him fucking the corpse in, like, the breast milk umbrella. I remember those two yeah. scenes. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of Edgelord shit and this being fucked up and, uh, you know, anti-censorship, and I think that's a good one to have a genuine art discussion about like you know uh it about why it's it's such a it's a masterful work of art and it's just so supremely fucked up yep i agree i agree okay everybody thanks for listening bye bye